0: Welcome to Walking the Wizard's Path, an exploration of the Western occult tradition via meditation. I'm your host Brad Sung. Episode 19, When Crows Attack First, I want to mention time. I am reminded now and again that time is cyclical. Whenever a curious event happens, I see if it has any bearing on events in my past. I look at what else was going on in my life, now and then, to see if there are any patterns. Sometimes the feeling is like a bookend. This story is like that, two very different rhythms, bookending two different points in my career. Second, I want to talk about crows. There are many crows in Seattle. They can gather in very large numbers, and they can make an awful racket. I had a curious encounter with them before. Usually, they are fairly straightforward, like flying ahead at a point I am walking to, stopping abruptly, and letting me know I was on their crow radar, which I would respond, Yeah, I see you too, Mr. Crow, and leave it at that. But behavior I encountered that day was far more curious. If you want more Crow action, check out episode 9, A Crow Brought My Sick Child Medicine, where I explore the role they play as ancestral messengers. Let us begin. I had recorded my first podcast episode. I was giddy and thrilled that I had taken that first step. It was something that was on the cooker for a while, and at some point I just bit the bullet and did it. I knew there were many more steps to come, like the joys of editing. The day was beautiful. I decided to walk to a nearby park to clear my head. I was walking in a pleasant residential neighborhood. There was a stretch of three blocks, with multiple telephone poles running across them. There were two crows who started following me, swooping down close to my head, flying ahead to the next pole, parking themselves, and screeching like no one's business. It repeated this behavior, swooping aggressively, flying over my head, cussing me out. By the third block, I had enough. I addressed the crow on the pole ahead of me and yelled, "Deliver your damn message and fuck off!" I was thinking they were serving as messengers, and if there was a message, it was basically, "Get out, human." The crow stopped screeching, did an inquisitive head turn as if to say, "The human appears to be attempting communication." It stopped considered the situation, and then started a deliberate, methodical knocking on the pole, a tap-tap-tap, like the knocking of a door knocker. I did not know what it was attempting to communicate to me. It patiently continued the tap-tap-tap. The more I did this, the more I felt like an idiot. I was only a block away from the park, and I wondered if the crows would follow me there. I crossed the street, and the crows did not pursue a mother and a young son of about eight walked the same stretch of block I was on, and the crows gauged the same behavior with them, swooping and screeching at them. The boy screamed. The mother was terrified. So the message was not directed to me personally, but to all humans within a specific territory. I wondered why. The crows were acting like guardians. Was there a big crow meeting that was off-limits to non-crows? Or were they trying to deliver a warning, a danger in the area, perhaps a danger only crows knew about? The park in U District is not huge, but it's a nice walk to center oneself. I messaged a friend who had familiarity with crows, and she messaged back. She said, focus on the rhythm. I remember this was not the first time I encountered something trying to communicate via rhythm, but it wasn't a crow. It was the land itself. Our story now takes a detour to New Jersey. When I lived on the East Coast, I was visiting a friend who introduced me to one of his favorite hikes in New Jersey. The hike had some challenges for me. I remember my friend teaching me many useful skills. How to walk downhill properly, not unlike a penguin. The usefulness of a collapsible walking stick. The importance of proper footwear while walking on wet stones. I was exhausted when we finally came to our destination. An impressive formation of huge stones, balanced upon each other by nature's hand. I recognize when I meet a wonder of nature, it is an experience shared by every person who comes across it including the peoples who lived on the land before us. They would have viewed the site as sacred and would tell a story how it came to be. I said to my friend, let's just sit here quietly. I sat in meditation and opened myself up to the space. I became aware of the environment, and in turn, it started to respond to our presence. It was as if there was an invisible drumbeat. Every time the drumbeat hit, the environment changed drastically. A cloud came overhead, and a cool wind blew on our skin. The sound of leaves rustle. A sharp burst of cicadas sounding off in unison. The cloud exits and direct sunlight heats our skin. The cloud returns We are in shadow once again, and absolute silence overtakes the woods. This rhythm had four beats, like a heartbeat. That experience in the woods opened the door to other experiences in nature, where the land let me know my presence was acknowledged. It is a kind of grace to be acknowledged by the non-human world. Part of my daily practice is to acknowledge the land, my ancestors, those I work with. On a hot summer day, I thank the tree that gives me shade. It rains a lot in Seattle, and when it rains, I give thanks for the rain, never taking it for granted. I think it's that orientation that allows this communication to occur. I attempted to find a journal entry onto Heartbeat in the Woods. I had gotten into the habit of writing down memorable experiences, I was kind of surprised I did not write about it explicitly. Was I lazy or did I just forget? I recognized that at the time I was solely focused on my proposal for my first meditation class, which started my teaching career. That was the other end of the bookmark. Two rhythms, two messages, one coinciding with my teaching career, the other my podcasting career. Instead of giving you a guided meditation today, I'm going to give you something foundational, which is about being aware of how you listen, which I call, how to listen. What do you hear? Do not analyze, comment, or judge. Simply listen. Do not attempt to move your focus anywhere, wherever you are. Simply listen. Wherever your attention is, I want you to bring your focus now to the bounds of your physical body. Make no attempts to control this or that. Simply listen to your body. I want you to place your focus squarely on your heart. Do not attempt to control your heart in any way. Simply listen. I want you to gently expand your focus to your immediate area and listen. Extend your focus further say, a city block, and listen. Extend your focus even farther beyond that, and listen. You may notice a sound in the distance, perhaps a car or animal call. Place your focus on that sound, and only listen to that sound. Are you able to maintain attention on that one sound? Gently bring your focus back to your body. I want you not to focus on the sounds, but the intervals of silence between them. Place your mind in those spaces between sounds. Are you able to maintain attention on that emptiness? Is it truly empty? Take a breath in, then exhale. Add this to your to-do list this week. Weather permitting, go outdoors to different locations at different times of day and do the listening practice. Dawn, noon, dusk, each of these will give you different results. I've done this on waterfronts and heard the fog horns of distant boats. In state parks, I would become silent and hear a multitude of bird sounds. But only after I became silent. Only when you become silent will you notice... That you are not alone. What happens after that is a future lesson. I hope you receive benefit from this work, if it speaks to you, I hope you will stick around. Follow us on Twitter, sign up to Patreon, like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast, leave a thoughtful review. These actions help others to find a podcast. And as always, thank you for your support.